Well, Brent is gay and Kaylin's gay and Clark is gay and Ryan's gay and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Issue 191. I'm Kaylin. I'm Clark. I'm Ryan. I'm Adam. And I'm Brent Wingate. And this week, continuing with Pride Month, we'll talk about how corporations keep doing Pride wrong. Daddy Disney gives us our first episode of Loki. Uh, there are several exciting casting announcements. Doctor Strange is going to die, and a new Captain America is in town. Clark's got some. Watch out. So deal with it, jerks. And as always, we've got those dank weekly comic book issues that you guys are so desperately craving. All right, let's start with Pride. Uh, happy Pride, uh, listeners. We hope you guys have a great time. Um, yeah. But you know who's not having a great time? It's corporations who don't understand what the fuck Pride is. Um, because corporations- You mean Red Lobster doesn't understand what Pride is? <laughs> <laughs> this is just a general call out. Please stop just doing a generic rainbow pattern on whatever your random company is that is completely unrelated to homosexual stuff. It looks great when you're gay, like ours, but it looks terrible if you're selling Cheddar Bay biscuits. Um, so because corporations are money-making machines, and it's okay now to be queer. More and more companies are trying to pretend to show their pride with some disastrous consequences. The mobile game Injustice 2, which pits alternate universe DC characters against one another in fights, made their quote, Pride Global Challenge, a competition to beat up bisexual character Poison Ivy the most. <laughs> what the fuck? They've since apologized, but you know, come on. Uh, also crazy. this week, uh, Disney uh, tweeted out a pro-Pride tweet stating, there's room for everyone under the rainbow, which was rightly criticized by many, including Gravity Falls creator Alex Hirsch for its blatant hypocrisy. Hirsch uh, cited an example of Disney nixing a moment when two gay characters in the show, uh, Sheriff Blubbs and Deputy Derland, professed their love to one another in the series finale because it wasn't, quote, Disney appropriate. Um, I want to talk about how bad these things are. Do you guys think they're just like the growing pains of becoming accepted into hegemonic culture? Or should we kind of look at this as like the koshering of gay culture so that straights just like feel like companies are doing just enough? Caitlin. So I think the biggest issue here is, well, it's two things. One, it, you cannot be uh, a corporation and be outwardly homophobic anymore, which is a good thing. And, you know, uh, oftentimes you had companies not even acknowledging pride. And now, like, you know, as we made fun of Red Lobster and some other companies about just adding a rainbow filter to whatever, you know, they all of a sudden they're celebrating pride. It's a, it's progress, but it's not enough. The, the examples you brought up with Injustice 2 and with Disney is that's really problematic. And I think the issue is you don't have enough representation at the highest levels of those companies. Um, and, you know, like... Uh, if you had like a brand manager or, you know, like some kind of development officer or somebody who was queer, they, somebody could have said, hold the fucking phone here. You've got to like really kind of think through this. The injustice to stuff, it's like, like, it, it, I thought it was an Onion article at first. I was like, this is or reductress or something like that. Like, I, I could not believe that somebody didn't say hold a phone this is a bad idea and it's and if you don't have the right people yeah you know either like coming up with these ideas or at least being a quality check on them this is what happens clark 
Um, it feels like they're all just super tone deaf. They don't really, they're, they're trying, but partially they're just trying because the fans or, you know, like, or people who eat a fucking Red Lobster ever just want them to. And if the, if that company doesn't do it, then they're chided, which fucking happens all the time now in, and is very frustrating. Um, I just, in terms of the pride global challenge, just beating the shit out of this woman. It's not just beat, it's like kill her basically, you know, like you're, you're fighting in a battle against her and then you just have to stop her, which, you know, you could consider murder or whatever. Anyways, um, it's absolutely psychotic. And like, basically what it is, is every single person who's playing this game, they're just having a, a tally going up and up and up and you get like more prizes altogether. If you, the more people have killed slash beaten her up, the more everyone gets, which is fucking absolutely crazy. I don't, the thought process is a mess. Can't you just kill someone who hates gays instead? Who hates gays and injustice? Please tell us, Adam. Black no, Sleuther. No, the easy solution Our is side. Just, just make her and Harley Quinn have, like, make it a global challenge where as you play as them, they unlock a bunch of shit. Uh-huh. Like, no, it's, no, it's, no. You have to beat them. Some way you have to kill somebody. But I'm like, what if, like, to your whole point, because I'm like, I don't care what, how, what type of diversity you have in some fucking room planning this. How do you not say, okay, who do, how do we get these characters out there and used and top of mind awareness? Like they should all just be fired for being bad event planners. Like the whole fucking thing is just <laughs> so, so stupid. Yeah. Ryan. That, that's a whole nonsense, which I think is just a one, one off, but the, the, the whole like big corporation, like the Disney of it all, the, the big, the, the Deutsche banks, the home depots, like, all of that stupid shit is uh, them reacting because they know they have to do something for Pride Month, which we already know. Mm. But it, I think at the end of the day, they're just worried still of like there's certain markets. I mean, like, for example, like domestic stuff would just worry about middle America if you're saying it's okay. And the bigger corporations that don't really fucking care about middle America because they're so big that whatever, you'll still fucking watch the content. They're just worried about the international market. So it's, it's international it, is what it is. Yeah, exactly. So they, they don't care. And uh, Kaylin, you brought up like, there's not enough people higher up. I, I kind of disagree a little bit because I think there are people higher up in the queer community but they just don't, they're just like, they're worried about the fallout from the, the, the world. It's all money, hand. yeah. It's all money at the end of the day. Like it is literally called a corporation. So like, they're just worried about money, but I don't, it's not going to get corrected fast, obviously. And they can't go all balls deep in. Like literally the, the, the thing that Disney released was like, the complete queer flag now which is includes like you know like some trans and some other stuff in it which is not just the rainbow flag which is great but it's literally just mickey Minnie, goofy just like fucking walking <laughs> hand in hand like fucking the beatles down the street it's not it's you're not doing a lot and i I don't think they can do a lot for a while. And does it make me mad? Yes. But will they do anything to change it? No, because they think they're doing enough for now. Honestly, it makes can me I, sad. Can I, can, I, yeah. can, I, can I just quickly react to that? Um, you brought up you awesome may not. points. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I cannot, but I may not. 
or I may. Um, just when I say when I say representation, it isn't just about like people of like who are gay, lesbian, trans, bisexual being in those positions. It's actively representing those like like those communities. So there are people who are just I mean, they're shitty human beings and all they care about is the bottom line. Um, but, you know, when I say representation, that's what I mean. I don't mean just, you know, somebody who happens to be gay that happens to be CEO or COO or whatever. I think, the main, yeah, we're talking about China, basically, and we're not saying the name of it. They yeah. are the number one moviegoers now. The, yeah. All the Disney movies, they probably make one third of their their money back there. There's no way they're going to be able to change this without, and it's not just, you know, like the bo bottom line. It's like the bottom line is a third of what they have. It's fucking huge. I, I don't know how it's going to change at all. They're going to have yeah. to, I don't know what they're going to do with Young Avengers, clearly, since the biggest relationship is a gay relationship. Um, and it can't just be one scene where something happens. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen and it'll be strange. <clears throat> Ryan. I know, I know they're, so they're, they're, they're already doing active press for Shang-Chi because they're already worried about that backlash. It, it's not a gay issue. It's just in general, like they don't know how that market is going to interact mm. with anything. So they're already doing pre-press before it's even coming out. And they're even like other trailers are coming out because the, they're, they're trying to get ahead of it, but it's still like, hey, it's a big issue and they don't know what to do. I think for the Young Avengers, it'll probably be a TV show because it's like, that's, that's a little bit safer because they can't do a big movie. Well, yeah, no, I think you're, I think you're right, Ryan, that it's probably going to play into budgets, but it also is, I think as some of the, you know, if you read some of the articles and research on this whole experience with Disney's own, like obviously international market problem. Cause like, they don't give a fuck about what's happening in the U S they're like, yeah, we'll just plow right through any evangelical assholes but they're trapped in the money making machine. It was like, even on Disney plus there's like violations. And I forget what the exact thing was, but Russia had wrote them up for a violation of something that was on Disney plus that involved some sort of gay propaganda, quote unquote. And so it's like, even within their like home, like home movie channel, video on demand, whatever you want to call it. Like they're still it was the trapped by this like horrid, these assholes that are happening internationally. I think it was that Pixar movie Onward because yes. they had it was a queer representation, a queer relationship in yes, uh, that yes, movie. Yes, yes, exactly. Or, yeah. Do you do you, do you think that Disney has told everybody involved in um, Shang Chi to not mention Hong Kong ever in their life? <laughs> yes, <laughs> a thousand percent. Your yeah. fucking mouth shut. Yeah, there's definitely probably been that kind of conversation that's gone on. I, I think that there's going to be something interesting that happens if terrible. Uh, that there's going to be a cognitive dissonance where there are characters like in Gravity Falls, the character of, of uh, Sheriff Blubbs and Deputy Derwin is so gay from the start. It is it's not great. even queer coded. It's yeah. weird that they don't say that they love each other actually in those words because they say things to each other like you're the treasure of my life. Like, I don't know what I would do without you. There's yeah. no there's no hiding it. But then for them to also have to kind of like pretend that oh no no they're just good pals uh will look weirder and weirder as time goes on and these characters are allowed to you know still exist but not be open adam quick point and then yeah i was just gonna make, quickly say that like i know that obviously disney hasn't changed because we know and see what's going on but like i mean i will say gravity falls was 12 to what 2012 to 2016 and like there has been an exponential rise 
and the amount of people that are just like, yeah, sure, whatever, gay marriage, fine. Like, I think 70% support it now. So, like, I, to that point, is, like, it's all going to come down to what they start doing, I think, in regards to many of their future things, which they obviously, we obviously know they're failing at. But it's, I guess it's maybe a better sign that, like, there's at least the marketing push to, to get gay money that that's what's going to really change things, unfortunately. You all, no amount of screaming will actually affect, I think, um, change, I guess. Got to gotta pay for it. Okay, moving on to other Disney content. Right, uh, I was like, this is the most ridiculous <laughs> transition ever. <laughs> Disney's a piece uh, of shit. Oh, let's talk about, yeah. Ah, thank you, MCU. About- Give us more, Disney. <laughs> We love Disney Plus so much. Okay, let's talk about the first episode of Loki, Glorious Purpose. Obviously, there's going to be spoilers ahead. Uh, Following the events of the Battle of New York in Avengers Endgame, Loki is captured by the Avengers. He grabs the Tesseract and it escapes, only to be captured by the Time Variance Authority, who aren't too happy or particularly interested with this deviation in the sacred timeline. Uh, There's some buddy cop teaming up. Uh, Loki learns a little bit about himself and we get a hint of a future familiar villain. Uh, what do you guys, uh, big, big general impressions first, and uh, then we'll get into some of the details. That, that, it's not the battle from Endgame. It just happens to have a few in-game characters traveling into it. It's just the first battle of New York period. Yes. From Avengers yes. 1. Yes, it is from the original Avengers. It happens in Unigame, <laughs> I'm just, I'm but just it, happens, telling you. it happens in the timeline I'm just telling where you. the no. Avengers go back in time. No. Who says time travel isn't complicated? <laughs> All right, Kayla, make a point. Uh, so first impressions, um, this is the third Disney Plus show uh, uh, in the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. I think it's the strongest debut of the three we've seen thus far, especially so because there was so much exposition in this one episode uh, in like 45 minutes or so that they had to catch the audience up with what happened in 2012 with that Loki who is a divergent Loki from the one that was killed in Infinity War. Uh, They had explained what the the TVA was, who the the timekeepers are. And the fact that it worked as well as it did is a goddamn marvel and no pun intended there. And it's really because I think of both Tom Hiddleston and uh, Owen Wilson, who are just charming as fuck to watch. Um, I think all the other cast members are as well. But like, my God, um, I I had high expectations, and this episode exceeded it in so many ways. Uh, I love Wunmi Mosako. You know, she from Rose from Lovecraft Country. I mean, oh, she does one tiny thing, just one little giggle, and it's like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> She's great. Yes. For me, this show, I liked what happens in it more than the other two, but I I like it better in general more than WandaVision, but I I wasn't in love with it by comparison uh, to um, Winter Soldier, which I'm assuming this one's going to get better for me as Winter Soldier went down for me, but <laughs> I mean... Yeah, so no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm in your do, court, do, 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 One quick thing, do does anyone get a Legion vibe from this? Yes. Uh, yeah. A thousand, a thousand yes. percent, yes. I, I did. I not only Legion, but it was uh, Brazil, the, as in the movie Brazil by oh, Terry yeah. Gilliam. Oh, all yeah. the all the sort of mid-century, like yeah. uh, what what like people in 1960 thought the future would look like, uh, that kind of stuff. And like Legion definitely had that aesthetic, especially in most of season two when they're at the department headquarters. Uh, Adam. I, yeah, I agree with you, Clark. I, I enjoyed all of it. And I think the, the only part that hurt it was just because it had to be the expositiony like pilot. 
So I'm very excited to see where the trajectory is going to take the show because I think all of the right pieces are in place. It just was like a little bit exhausting kind of watching a lot of just general conversation and repeating and reusing of, of Avenger scenes. And I do like it gives you that really good element of who this Loki is and resets what we know about him. So I like that a lot. Um, and it and it really probably out of the all three of them, again, on the on the first blush of the first episode felt so comic like in terms of like if I was like reading a comic book that was like live action. I don't know. I like that element of it. I just want to see uh, more to see what happens, but it was definitely a, a good start. Ryan. The the cliches were there. I mean, you could sort of knew where this was going. You knew he was eventually going to see his whole history and then come to a realization. Like it, we, we knew what, what that was going to happen. Like, that's not crazy. Right. But um, in terms of the acting itself, um, I think WandaVision was second. And I think, Love those two actors, but Captain and uh, Falcon, like it, was, it wasn't as well acted as this. Like the moment that you are in that desert with him and he gets up and he does the eyes left to right, you're like, okay, well, this this will be something to look at for a while because it is it, you feel the emotion. Um, some of it was predictable. Um, I like the stakes that this sh- show has already presented for the next phase of the mcu they literally have infinity stones in a drawer and they don't care and they don't give a fuck they like that 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 is showing what the world is going towards or our universe i should say like Mm -hmm. is going towards because i think it's it's just showing that all the stuff you thought before throw it out and let's get into this new world which I'm really excited about, honestly. Brent. Kaylin, real quick. Yeah, uh, I'll just say, um, I think this show, like WandaVision, will take advantage of the fact that it's serialized over six weeks or so. Whereas Falcon and Winter Soldier, while it was, you know, it it was serialized too, it felt like a really long movie. And I don't think Loki can be done as a movie. And I don't think WandaVision could have been done as a movie. Yeah, I think that's very fair. My my first impression was that the trailer, the the humor landed in a way that I thought felt better than what the trailer kind of presented because yes. it chopped up a lot of lines of dialogue and spaced them out in a way that you thought like, oh no, is is the MCU losing its comedic edge? I'm excited to see more uh, uh, diversity that the show has um, because it's got a great cast already. The whole scene with uh, Loki, not sure if he's a robot or not. Uh, I thought was just hilarious. Um, Let's talk about the TVA a little bit. Um, What do you guys think of them? Are they a bureaucratic nightmare that ensures we never had free will? Or are they a fun bureaucratic nightmare that ensures we never had free will? (laughs) Caitlin? Yes, uh, to both both questions. I I honestly think it is, uh, more so than even in the comics, it is uh, a very elegant way to help make sure that there isn't like a lot of deviations in in the timey-wimey stuff. It's like DC Comics needs the TVA to like make sure their timeline shit works. It's like, I I, I love, my favorite part was when Loki's watching the the video that looks like a Mr. Magoo cartoon or a Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoon. (laughs) I think it was so smart and it was just such a great way to like uh, give that exposition of who they are, what they do, and to make sure that like the stuff that happened in Endgame 
when specifically when like um uh the ancient one and uh bruce banner were talking about like you know all the timeline stuff um i thought it was great i think they're great i i really enjoyed the fact that they also like quickly got out of the way of like well how come you they did this and they did that i was like no that was part of this ridiculous like looping timeline kind of thing from these timekeepers like they have a specific path in mind which included all of the events of Endgame, which I really enjoyed because um, it makes it like a bit more streamlined that there is supposed to be one way this is supposed to work. Obviously, that's not going to be the case as we go on into these new phases. But, you know, it's like I I am like terrified of this potential, like obviously expansion to multiverses, universes, what have you, like crumbling under its own weight or losing a lot of the like character emotion. But again, that this is only one part of the ever expanding MCU, which I really like is that you'll still have the Falcon and the Winter Soldier type things, or even like the WandaVision, not really multiverse, but just still magic on Earth. So I think they're really doing well, just like the normal Marvel comic universe of giving everyone a slice of what they kind of like and what could really work for them. Uh, so I, I just I enjoyed that part of it. And the TVA is, is very fun and interesting so far. Right. I, I was fascinated by the TVA in terms of like their work ethic. I was like, you guys are hard workers. You guys don't know what fish are. <laughs> you do, do you have a home life? I, I'm really fascinated to know if like they go somewhere else at the end of the day. Like it's kind it's very interesting to me to like figure that shit out because they all seem like such hard workers. And I'm like, how do how do I institute that in my company currently? You know what I mean? Like it just it it, it was it, it was inspiring, but also confused. I I do they sleep? I I have so many questions. I it's super interesting. Ryan, I don't know why you want it to be a corporate wet dream of employees who <laughs> never sleep, they never quit working, they're always there, always. It was it was voted number one on Forbes best workplaces. Honestly, I don't know why people be smirching. It, it was pride though. So where the fuck was TVA's rainbow logo? This is some bullshit. Oh, bullshit. That's on them or their flow. Clark. Um, I, I want to answer the question coming up as well. This entire thing feels like the good place. We hadn't talked about that, but that's also the one thing yeah. I keep. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. We have, a judge. we have this, as you said, the bureau- bureaucratic nightmare, which literally is the case in um, the good place. The bad place. You, t- you said, um, yes, well, the good place too. It's all a fucking <laughs> mess. Um, you, uh, the question number four, what you were asking was with all the timey-wimey stuff, that's Dr. Huey, do we just have to embrace Jeremy Baramy, which is just the weirdness of it all and just hope for the best yes i think that's the case i mean the fact a bureaucratic nightmare means it's just going to be seat of your pants for him but them trying to be in control of it at the same time oh also we have um the you know casey the guy who was at the desk he is best friend of jason in the show the good boy yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i definitely think that uh the more they lean into this the, there's you know every time travel story or almost everyone will end up with some sort of paradox and if they force that into the direction of like this is a kafka-esque reality that you live in it's inscrutable you can't understand it ultimately i think we'll do the show better mm-hmm. uh Kaylin. Uh, i was actually gonna answer your next question oh okay so we rushed through a lot of loki's history and he actually got to go through the process of seeing some of his greatest hits 
it was a Loki reacts video to Loki's <laughs> life. Uh, where do you guys think the show can go for him emotionally? Phelan. So the thing that I wasn't expecting from this uh, uh, from the show was a true kind of redemptive arc for Loki. Um, you know, like it happens all, all the time in comics. Uh, it certainly happens in TV shows where like a really charismatic villain becomes more heroic because the audience identifies with him or her. Um, they uh, they really, you know, like want to really like like them. And then there's always that kind of that swerve. And I think the show so far has done a nice job of showing that like he doesn't want to do bad things. He just feels like he needs to to get what he wants. Uh, I also did love, uh, it's not just like the greatest hits of his life, Fred. It's the greatest hits of his life of things that haven't happened to him yet. And I think that to me, like if I, like a, if a 2012 version of Kalen was like plucked out of time, put to the TVA and all the things that were shown in the like last nine years, like how would I react? Uh, you know, like specifically like things like COVID or, you know, the election of Donald Trump you know, things like that, like, like, what would I, like, what would I think about how that related to me as an individual? So I thought that was great. Adam and then uh, Clark. I might have already forgot my point. Um, oh, no, I mean, they're definitely playing up for a redemptive arc. I think that's a smart way to kind of take him in the next kind of phases, especially like, we don't need him like constantly spinning around on this like trickster scamp kind of thing. I do wish they would have started this before he killed like half of New York City, because it's still like, it's still that lingering thread from the, or, you know, the original phase of the MCU where I'm like, yeah, I, I guess he's like a redeemable person because he got killed by Thanos. But you're just like, he still fucking killed a shitload of people. He's like a bad person. They, they tried because they were like, and do you like killing? <laughs> yeah. Can you answer? Can you? And you're like, I, just say no. Just say no. Yeah. I don't think it was earned at all. It happened no. way too fast. It happened in like... It was 15 minutes. He's been down there for no time and immediately he's like, now I'm sad. Well, it just, I didn't, I didn't believe it. I, 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 I felt it was earned because I don't think we're there at the destination, Clark. I think it was him seeing his mother being killed, Freya being killed is what hit like kind of like jolted him a little bit. Um, and he saw it out of context. And I think if like anybody, regardless of, you know, they're a scoundrel, a rogue, villain, whatever, if they saw that, they have an emotional connection with somebody and their and like their actions led to their death. I think they could have that kind of moment. I didn't mean that. I meant the entire thing. The, stuff the, epi where he, the episode execution. Yeah. Just yeah. Like, yeah. Where he's, where he's well, talking about like, I do it because I have to and blah, 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 and doodly do. It just, it all, it's like if you go to a therapy session, but you talk and the therapist doesn't. And... <laughs> Wait, that's not how they're supposed to work? It, it, which in some cases does work, but literally it, it just felt so, I don't know. And I don't know why I'm suddenly going down on this show. You know how I always do this, but. Yes. <laughs> we all do, it's okay. It's how, you, it's how you show your love. It's like, it, the, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, no, really I hear you, Clark. Shit. I hear but, you, with, with that all said, Clark, I just want to say, you know, time works a little bit differently there. So <laughs> maybe oh. that was a long, Oh, yeah, we uh, it lasted years and years and years, and we wanted to know, you know. Well, I do think there is something about you know how quickly you can speed up someone's character development because we have kind of seen Loki's arc over many, many years, and for us, it took a really long time, and so each incremental step wasn't that big. 
you know, I, I can imagine having the pull the rug pulled out from under you where everything you believe about power and yourself is just wrong and stupid and that you're questioning everything. But I do think the show does an okay job of trying to kind of retroactively give meaning to the kind of pointless villainy of the battle for New York, yeah. because that was always one of the weakest parts of the original Avengers. You know, they tried to include that one scene where he's fighting with Thor on uh, Avengers Tower and Thor's like, look around you, look around you. And he's like a little bit terrified, but then he just still decides to embrace, you know, the evil. And we never really got a satisfying like personal explanation. If this cl- closes that gap, you know, I think it's, I, I, I'm willing to buy it and be okay with it ultimately. Um, were there any favorite moments you guys had that we haven't mentioned or Easter eggs, um, you know, pointing to the devil and we get Mephisto, ooh, <laughs> or, or <laughs> how about the, uh, the cross in the uh, drawer? Maybe that was uh, someone, Blade fighting someone? Uh, Clark. Um, the blue teeth girl upset me. <laughs> Was that an Olsen, like, cousin? Because it, <laughs> yeah. it was I the just, fourth Olsen. I was like, please, please what, get off my screen. What, what was that? Was that Zebra Gum from Toys R Us? What the fuck was that? Well, yeah. You know what it is? It's that, it was that, uh, the girl from, like, Game of Thrones all grown up. Remember the one that tried to, like, poison Daenerys with that, like, weird ball snake thing? Like, yeah. it's just, they just recast. In season two those or three. Showing up with That's gross so funny. Well, it did give us the opportunity to hear Owen Wilson uh, do his best attempt at the French language. So there's <laughs> also that. That was tough. Kaylin. So uh, my favorite moment, I think, is when he is uh, trying to attack Casey and he opens up the drawer and it's all the Infinity Stones and they're just paperweights. And okay. it just, it's such a funny and clever way to show like oh we're past this these are nothing in this like new like phase of marvel i thought that was great i don't actually think that the devil the the same glass window is mephisto i think it's Kang. yeah oh i assume that was a reference to loki's time as uh as the ruler of hell and also the horns but oh Um, well uh, we found out uh gugu mbatu ra's uh character you know she's the judge is um who is the adopted daughter of Kang. Oh. Yeah. So, and the, yeah, and Kang, Kang looks like the, uh, he's got the same, the sort of mask weird thing as the timekeepers. Mm-hmm. Like it's modeled after them. I Any was actually, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I was, I mean, I, maybe everybody else was. I was kind of surprised that like the villain is Loki, which I thought was really fun. Like I thought that was like cool of like who they're hunting down, the fugitive. I mean, he's gonna. They're, I, this, the show's I, gonna I, hunting down like self. six of them at different it's times. You, yeah, I know. I was, I was assuming that because I thought, based on the silhouette, that it was like the female Loki. I, as com- as comic readers, are we? I mean, it, it feels like there's an obvious spoiler coming up when that you see a hooded figure and you're told that it's Loki. Am I allowed to say that right now? Yeah, but I don't it, even know if I was allowed to mention I, the I, it. But, but it fe- it feels like uh, an obvious thing if if anyone is a comic reader. So maybe just go back into the lore and maybe we won't speak on it this way. Ryan, but... Ryan, why would you how could you say something so controversial and yet so brave? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay, Eric Andre. Yes, I know that was the <laughs> reference. Thank you, Adam. Uh, I think my favorite uh, little Easter egg was uh when uh Loki first enters the TVA 
the Tesseract loses its magical ability and so it dims. And then half a second later, you see that there's a scroll who's also standing at the desk uh, trying to get his paperwork done or whatever. I'm sort of pissed that they didn't have more like just random aliens just walking around really men in black style just like being like oh i'm a chitari just like that fucking did something weird at some yeah point. they are a bunch of like to- they're like they're created by a bunch of time space lizards so like <laughs> why not include all different species rather than just human looking ones it's true but yeah. they would have gotten the note hey you're men in black like we've I already just, called that's that exactly what i was just saying yeah. so they can't win either way but i would have liked to just seen more aliens just in general it's actually Russia and China international audiences hate aliens and office complexes, so they had to edit them all. <laughs> but all their technologies from 1950. Okay. <laughs> we will review uh, each episode as they come out, and then when the finale comes out, we'll review all of them together. So stick around for that in the future. It'll be like weeks from now. It's a news flash. All right. Issa Rae has been cast as Jessica Drew in one of the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse sequels. Uh, one is more of like a spinoff focusing on the female characters of the universe, you know, specifically <laughs> like Spider-Gwen and Silk. Uh, but it looks like Issa Rae will be joining the main sequel centered around Miles Morales. Um, Jessica Drew is perhaps the character most synonymous with Spider, the Spider-Woman moniker, but details about what will actually happen in the movie and how many of the prior voice actors will return is like very hush-hush. The movie doesn't come out until October 7th, 2022. Why is Issa Rae perfect for this role? Uh, Ryan. Um, she, she's amazing. She's going to be great at voice acting. Like she will fucking kill this. The only thing that I think Clark already brought up, the only thing that I'm mad about is we're not going to see her in real life be the MCU version of Spider-Woman because she is so fucking good that I, I'm, I, I'm mad at Kevin Feige. Like, is that is that the emotion that's coming out? It's Sony. It's a Sony production. So, well, but I guess you can still be mad at him. He's got a lot of fists and a lot of people. So, like, I feel I feel still mad that like we're not going to see that version because she's going to be perfection in it. It's going to. You're right. He should have cast her sooner. (laughs) Yeah, that's on him. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I mean, I love Issa Rae, love Insecure, love all. I, I even liked uh, the movie with her and Kumail Nanjiani. Oh, I like, like that. They're too. both so, like, fun and charismatic. And I think uh, you're exactly right. Like, her voice is great. Her acting is great. And I think it'll be perfect fit for the Into the Spider-Verse kind of universe. Like, you know, on a more, like, serious note. Because I know Jessica Drew, I feel like in the comics is, every time I've seen, I don't know the, her full story, but every time I've seen her, it's a bit more, like, serious because she's related to AIM and all this sort of things. But uh, I think it'll be really nice to have this like powerful presence from both the voice, but also this embodiment of Spider-Woman. Cause uh, you know, the character has always been super interesting to me, but uh, you know, perfect fit. I'm loving it. I'm excited. Kalen. Yeah, I actually think uh, to your point, Adam, um, having Spider-Woman, the Jessica Drew Spider-Woman, she could be like the straight man to like to Miles um, and be like the, you know, the more seasoned hero that's a little bit darker, a little bit more sinister. Totally. I really want to see two um, two er- not eras ago, but series ago that she had where she was just had a baby and slash was pregnant and then was also a detective had a detective agency. I just I found that more fun than every other version of ever I've ever seen. I know it also had like the best part. Well, 
Oh, you didn't you didn't like her spread out on a rooftop just showing all of her business? No. You, like you mean when her spine was shattered? Up. Yeah. Well, the reason I would mention the art also is because it's my favorite costume that she's ever had. It was so like functional. It was like a coat that like had like little pockets and it like it just looked cool. It didn't look like the spandex, which I'm getting bored with looking at like yeah. in, on a comic page. Moving on to comic news, uh, the ongoing series, The United States of Captain America, is adding a new cap in issue four named Ari Agbayani. She is a Filipino-American college student who models her style of justice after the Bucky Barnes stint as Captain America with some slightly shadier tactics than maybe old Steve Rogers fur. Uh, the series is uh, hitting a lot more diversity than maybe the traditional Captain America storyline usually offers. Um, are there ways to like spin this out so that these like characters aren't simply tokenized, but are actually you know utilized more in the future? Or do you guys have any thoughts about this in general? I mean, I'm generally happy that this is happening. Um, you know, but to your point, Brent, it's I hope it's not like just a stunt to show, hey, look how diverse we are, and that there isn't any follow up with any of these um, any of these characters because some of them look really fucking cool, um, and I hope all of them have great story potential. They'll be in really good like back panels of Avenger crossovers. Like that's I am really afraid of that because it always seems like there's these like waves of let's do these people. And even like we're gonna talk about the comic later, but Children of the Atom. I'm like, there's always all these cute, like cool, interesting storylines, but you're like, are they really gonna be able to to rise up? I'm sure like I hope a few of them stand out and then they'll get their own kind of spin-offs or focuses or things like that. But yeah, it's it's a huge risk but i think at least the full series could at least be a shining moment for for captain america in general clark um i feel like unless they get a team book they're not that they're done i think maybe one or two of them will have something and the other ones will just be out of existence not out of existence but you know nothing and then probably killed in five years <laughs> yeah, correct you who's murdering captain america's that's gonna be captain america's next captain's uh, america and attorneys general. Yeah, and they're like, oh. and only Steve Rogers can solve the case. And you're like, really? <laughs> really? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in September, Marvel will launch a five-issue series focused on the death of Doctor Strange and who will replace him as the Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, writers Jed McKay and artist Lee Garbett plan to explore what it will possibly mean for such an integral character to be killed off and how. Um, who could be a suitable replacement? And is there any chance this is just a fake out and somehow Strange lives, but he's not a doctor or he replaces himself or something else, Hinky? Brian, let's start with you. Um, uh, we've seen this storyline many, many, many moons and I'm over it. I'm fucking over it. The answer is magic. It's the only right answer. She's the <laughs> only one that can fucking hold the house down because she's she's straight up slut and I love her so much. I, I like she, slut she's supreme. the only I one that it. has the nerve to fucking do it. The, mm. When brother voodoo, when he like took over it, it wasn't a great series at the time. And that's maybe the writing or whatever, but it just felt forced and it didn't feel natural. And we know it's going to go back to Dr. Strange at a certain point. But I, I, I'm so over the storyline of like, who's going to be the next Sorcerer Supreme? We've seen it so much in Marvel Comics. I'm over all of it. Don't introduce anyway. a new character. 
I'm over it. Kalen. Kalen, who should be the horse or supreme? <laughs> I think I think Ryan's right. It should be magic. But I mean, one, uh, we've got uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness coming out. So there, he's going to be back. Uh, so it's like this Correct. just seems weird. It's so weird that they're doing it. Uh, but I do like the idea that he's no, no he's no longer a doctor. Uh, so he's just strange. But then he gets his PhD. <laughs> so he's a doctor again. But everyone's like, you're not a real doctor, are you? No, no, no. Yeah. They looked up and he doesn't actually have a doctorate. So like yeah. he's doesn't no longer. He's has like, this. I'm a I'm a doctorate in English. And they're like, oh, so you're not a real doctor. Real it's just doctor, gonna be, exactly. no, it's like nurse strange, lawyer strange. It'll just be a whole series of spin-offs. Lawyer strange? Lawyer. <laughs> yeah, that's how you call you never you don't call your friends that are lawyers lawyers their last names. No, Come we on. call them as it's I call them uh, liars. Strange Esquire. Esquire. Yeah. Clark. <laughs> No, Kaylin said what I'm saying, so go. Okay. Um, let's talk about some TV. Um, uh, the Disney show She-Hulk uh, has cast Jamila Jamil, who most famously played Tahani in The Good Place, as Jennifer Walters' nemesis, Titania, Titania, Titania. Titania. You always have to say it like a Simpsons episode. Titania. Um... Okay, but we also got a first look at a non-CGI Mark Ruffalo from the set. Who is this character? How is it good casting? And uh, now knowing that she's in the show, what can we expect from the character? Clark? When I first heard it, I, I mean, I love Jimmy, Jamila Jamil, um, except for when she's on that show. Um, Legendary. Legendary, yeah. <laughs> when she's just appropriating. We know. Appropriating her on as executive producer. Yeah. We, we can move on from that. She just well, belongs. The, yeah. the people who I just don't know, they don't know. Um, they don't know. Legendary, which is, uh, you know, ballroom, um, Paris is burning kind of stuff. Um, and she's just kind of some woman who shows up and overly talks and it is the main person. But anyways, um, I, I fucking love her. She's absolutely amazing. And Titania, she's a little more um, rough. She's super more actually rough around the edges, like kind of trash in a way. Mm. So it'll be very weird for Jamila Jamil, who is the opposite all the time to, um, I, I would like to see her do something totally different. And then the more I thought about it, it I realized, and I, I do uh, also want Absor Absorbing Man involved since they're prepare mm, for yes. it i realized that this is another redheaded character that is not gonna be redheaded and i realized like i've been talking about it a few times ginger or erasure yeah <laughs> it, when i said that all it is when i said all four of the the redheaded characters from she-ra are no longer red they're like yeah and then two of our people on this podcast are weirdly wearing red wigs right now so here i'm off it's all about representation, baby. It's happening. But no, it feels very strange. Um, and what, what, and, they, and they're getting fucking amazing ca characters, ca I mean, actors cast. But after a while, it seems weird that it is not just like a weird, uh, sorry, what's the word? Um, it's all the time. It's every single one. And it's like, what? what is the thought process here? Well, look what they did to Black Widow. Kaylin. <laughs> so uh, I, I I love uh, Jamil I'll, uh, Jamila Jamil as well, um, but I haven't seen her in a acting role besides The Good Place, and I don't know if she has the range yet. I mean, she very well could. I, I like that she is rough around the edge, or playing a character that's rough around the edges to Clark's point. But I I don't know. But but I'm also okay with a different interpretation of Titania too. Like I don't I'm not like 
so uh, in, like uh, like in love with that character in comics that like I'm like, oh, okay, there's something that's a little bit of a different interpretation. Cool, that's good. It's because Dad. she's only been in that show. She hasn't been in anything else. That was her I, first I was, yeah. major. That was her first show yeah, yeah. at all. I know, she, but I wasn't she's sure been if she did in anything other little after. things. But yeah, no. Uh, uh, okay. But but she's uh, to your point, Caitlin. She's never been a bruiser and anything of like uh and also i love her and i think she's a great actress and i'm i'm so into her uh, on every level but like uh i don't get a brute out of her like and i don't even know like the physical capability i'm like she's gonna have to work out quite yeah. a bit, like quite a bit because she is a beautiful model-esque woman that like Thanks. will have to go through the marble process of like working out and then i guess just punch through a hole of that, like a wall or at some point to like actually earn her place i assume that's what they all do i do get concerned that that's exactly what they'll like lead her on to basically that like for i i'm assuming that she's supposed to be like big the whole time but i like <laughs> i really hope they don't change the character where she like discovers a serum that then they just CGI the shit out of her to basically be like abomination kind of thing. That'd be well, just Googled her height because you know, that's how you yes. do She's 5'11", so at least they can somewhat make her imposing. Just add like yeah. five inches to her or something. I thought maybe she's gonna be like 5'3", and it's just gonna be absurd looking. I, I like the new interpretation. It's gonna be exciting. I yeah. think they'll do it well, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's strange though. Doctor well, Ryan, you know what excites me? It's that what? Clark's got something. We <gasps> gotta watch the fuck oh, no. out. And I believe oh. is it is the room are the rumors true? Is this a pride themed? It's Clark's not. I kept telling you it's not a pride themed. It's just a gay themed one. All and right, coming up now, it's our pride themed Clark's got something. <laughs> watch out with extra pride. <laughs> it's not. Um. So my plan today, and I was going to do it last time, but only three of us were here is a weird let's pretend that tristan and andrew and chase and i don't know um don't exist have never existed and weirdly the only people left in our world are the five of us this sounds great okay yeah. so what is the worst <laughs> pairing romantically for ryan and what's the best romantic pairing of the five of us so i don't know if the audience will like it but the audience knows our personalities enough that they, I think they can figure out the nightmare that Clark. I would agree. Yes, go, go, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm. I think the worst romantic pairing would be anyone with Kayla. Is that? <laughs> no, <laughs> no we're you doing to me pick... first. How dare uh, you? But you're yeah, included in anyone. <laughs> Honestly, hey, Adam. Adam, what's the best one for Adam, and what's the worst one for Adam? Um, the best one for Adam is Brent, and the worst one from Adam is Brent. I and would why? say, yeah. <laughs> why? Why? No, uh, I think the worst one for Adam is you, Ryan. Yeah. Oh, that's true. We're yeah, we would fight great. constantly. Yeah, because, because we're truly in love with each other. You know, <laughs> oh. it's like a, it would just be, especially if there's only five of us around on the universe. The three of you would kill the two of us if we were actually. In a I could. I can see that. <laughs> yeah, I'd go on my own. I uh, love Brent, that for us. What's brother Brent's? Worst I think the, I think the worst for Brent is actually you, Clark, because I feel like Brent would just be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah, I think probably not? the best would be for me would be Caitlin. Yeah, best. It, 
Yeah, probably. And why? Because they uh, would just be sipping whiskey and lo- <laughs> low dim lights. Completing sentences. Oh, yeah. like, uh, having full thoughts. <laughs> okay. Ryan, what's going on with you? Oh, my my, my best and yeah. worst. Um, probably you, Clark, would be my best, I would say. I would agree. Uh, I think it's the easiest, yeah. And then, Kaylin, you would be my worst because I... You know, if, if it's vacation, I don't need to, I don't need a spreadsheet. You know what I mean? But Kalen's vacation. He doesn't <laughs> oh, use that's true. Yeah, that's yeah, actually There's true. only that's five people left on the no, planet. No, no. He doesn't have to worry about anything. Vacation has a peanut that is a very in different all the person. time. Yeah. But I mean, at the end of the world, is there ever a vacation? Who could ever be sure? You know what I mean? Kalen would still plan the shit out of five of us being left alive. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> We're, we're also oh, stupid. He's like, we need to get water, idiots. Caleb, <laughs> uh, what do you think? Um, I think Brent's probably my best. Uh, Adam's probably my oh. worst. Oh, yeah. I'd strangle the shit out of you. <laughs> and not <laughs> in no, the bitch, sexual you're, way. Oh, uh, no, you're, you're too lazy to strangle anyone. That's the problem. <laughs> He's like, I'm like, can you tomorrow. put some effort into it? <laughs> I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, just just, go throw yourself off the mountain, babe. I'll just Why be not? sitting here. Don't worry. And, and in the grand finale, Clark. Yeah, what, well, I've got another short thing afterwards. Um, oh. Yeah, who's my worst? We already got my best. Who's my worst? Which one of you three would I? I, I, I think Brent's probably worst. Yeah, I, I think, think you, yeah. you and Brent are just reverse worst for each other. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you hate me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, since we we have two definite pairings, what are the you know the portmanteaus like Brangelina of uh, Kalen and Brent? What's a what's a smashing? Braylon, Braylon, Kent. Braylon, I like I like Braylon. Krent. I know. No, definitely Krent. Got to be have the H in it. Krent. 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 <laughs> I really got to pronounce the T. I hate it. I hate it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. People, you, mine. Joke, you joke, but people in Connecticut will make that name happen. Krent. Yeah. Krent, yeah. <laughs> Krent Sounds like toothpaste. Clark and I, uh, Ryan and Clark. Clark. I am. Yeah. Yep. Crying is the right answer. <laughs> I was going to say, crying yeah. is what we'll all do while the two I, I, I feel like I feel like you guys wouldn't sacrifice any of the letters, so it'd be like Clarionark. Yeah, <laughs> I like that too. It would just be Clark hyphenated Ryan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've been putting no effort into it. Well, that's uh, what I got. And, uh, and Adams would be a uh, Kasaria mean. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Adams, who was yours again? Who was your best and worst? Uh, mine was I think best was Brent, and then I don't remember. I don't. Know, I, don't know, I think it was. Were you the worst? I don't know. No, All I want is, I don't think you said me. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's uh, my favorite. Well, the reason why we can't work out, Ryan, is because together we'd be Arium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the rule. Oh, I, shit. I'm always making out with you. I'm always saying this will never work out because we'll be too Arian. You know? Also, also, God. also, Ryan Adams is a shitty human being. Right. Ryan Adams, right. the singer. Right. And also, also, what do we need? Uh, uh, Chase and Andrew and Tristan to be gone to make this happen. <laughs> yeah. Let's make this happen. All right. Well, Disclaimer. I thought that was a prideful. Wait, Clark, is there more to that? Or are we just no, like, that's dating it? Them? I just I think wanted it's... to see how horrible another, that... another great Clark's got something prideful. I was going to say that made me really proud of my relationship that I already 
proud. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, Kaylin, I want to talk about some comics. Can you take us All right, that? so, yeah, so we had three comics this week, and two of them are very much a part of the Hellfire Gala, so I'm going to talk about those first two. So we've got Excalibur number 21 by Teeny Howard and Marcus Toe. So first of all, yay, Richter and Shatterstar are reunited, but it being an X-book and all, there's some angst we have to go through first. Uh, Rogue says goodbye to Excalibur because she's joining the all-new, all-different X-Men, in case you didn't hear. But don't you worry about Gambit, Shelly, because our Raging Cajun has some plans, too. Uh, Pete Wisdom in his best Mr. Darcy cosplay tries to warn Betsy Braddock that UK Ambassador Brousseau and Coven Akaba are trying to sever the United Kingdom's alliance with Krakoa and sever it they do in addition to severing Pete's limbs and organs. Akaba sacrifices our favorite John Constantine wannabe in order to free Morgana Le Fay from her prison in Avalon. Richter and his army of druids separate the lighthouse from the UK, so it's now its own little island with a population of 10, give or take. Owen, Megan is obviously pregnant, and Rachel Gray and Betsy have a lovely moment. Meanwhile, in X-Men number 21 uh, by Jonathan Hickman and an all-star team of artists, including Nick Tragoda, Russell Dowderman, Lucas Wartnock, and Sarah Pacelli, um, in the issue, Namor once again turns down an alliance with Krakoa in the most Namor way possible by reminding the mutants that while they only control an island, he controls 70% of, of the planet. Um, and the mutants retort by taking over yet another planet that has less water than Earth. Yep, as suspected, the Krakoans are all about manifest destiny, and their destiny can be found next door over at Mars. The new team of X-Men is officially unveiled, which includes Scott, Gene, Rogue, Polaris, Sunfire, Sink, and Wolverine, but the better version of Wolverine. Uh, Nathaniel SX reveals 51 through 60 of his sinister secrets, and the X-Men are officially introduced into the MCU when Cyclops meets Kevin Feige. And by the way, Feige is the way we pronounce it. That is Feige. how we do it. It's Feige. Feige. It's, Feige. Yeah. it's literally the right pronunciation. I've, I've heard many fucks. videos that says Feige. Continue, Caleb. The way I pronounce it is by pronouncing every single letter. F-E-I-G-E. <laughs> <laughs> He's an agent of F-E-I-G. Got it. All right. So questions, uh, thoughts on these two issues. And Brent, we'll start with you. All right. I just want to say, again, reiterating last week, how much I love the perfect characterization of being at a party. Richter shows up. He's like, I'm not having a good time. I don't want to be here for this. I know I look great. This is fucking stupid. And everything is getting in his way and making things so much shittier. And then his ex-boyfriend shows up covered in blood, wants to dance with him, spend time. Bullshit. Richter's still going to have a terrible time. Then he's going to do what we all do, which is go by himself and find an island where you can drink alone. And then you, you, you know, you sex your ex-boyfriend and he comes over. So like, yeah, yeah. perfect yeah. party. And then you go yeah. on the beach that you'll, you only create by yourself and then yeah you just hang out <laughs> exactly clark um i think the best thing i think about this week was the the way we saw how they voted like the psychic link between everybody yeah. on the island and like it was kind of like weird bartering like i think you know deciding that it's not like someone just like says i vote for this person it's like you know talking about it discussing with people it's a very it just it felt like a round table kind of thing for what a million people yeah, it was very right. Yeah, and then I'm oh, sorry. Oh no, uh, do you want to say something else, my lover? Yeah, yeah. Clark. I'm going to talk about Excalibur really quick. Client, with Excalibur, as I've said, I said recently, um, it's an excellent book until she talks about until she 
um, speaks about Gambit or Rogue right. or Jubilee, that their voices are so off. I mean, they're, they're, I've never read them so cartoony in ages. Talk Gambit about like, sugar. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> outrageous, but I'm glad she's gone. It didn't work. Um, I, I, I absolutely love everything else. I don't really know what else to say. Um, right. I, I wasn't on last week's. And let me just tell you, I missed out on all the fucking tea, all the gossip. And I feel I feel like I missed out on one of the best events ever because literally all these like issues are just like like weird microcosms of just conversations. And bitch, that's all I want to hear from the X-Men. Like, this is the new baseball. This them going to a dinner party, them going to a fucking party is the new baseball. This is what the X-Men are. It's been so phenomenal to read all the back issues. I wasn't on last week, obviously, but uh, just knowing these upcoming issues, like I love that every issue that has come out during this time frame has just basically been like, oh, bitch, we never acknowledged you knew this person on Krakoa. And now we're going to acknowledge it in the most aggressive drunk way ever. And I really like (laughs) that as a queer person who also attacks people in the same way. So I, (laughs) I, I enjoy, I really enjoy these issues. I think Excalibur uh, is okay. And they're trying to figure out the thing, but, but I think X-Men was so good. And I do have an inkling that Neymar is there for uh, not the purposes that they were talking about. It feels very, I'm very worried for his well-being because I think maybe that's going to be the big Magneto kill at the end of the day. This is just me theorizing. Mm. But like, it feels very strange that he's there because the other one seems to uh, like give a purpose, but I'm worried about him personally. Wow. I don't know. Hey, I, I'm just enjoying the party, you know? You know, um, uh, what's great about it also is these issues are coming out as like a lot of the country and our city, D.C., is opening up where we are now able to like go out and interact in bars at bigger events than we could over the last year, year and a half. And it's almost like, oh, bitch, I forgot all about you. It's like it's about seeing those like secondary and like tertiary friends in your friend group that you don't make plans to hang out you don't go you don't get brunch you don't go on trips with but like when you see them it's like oh it's you know let's 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 spill some tea let's catch up a little bit and that's what these comics really feel like so it's very much art imitating life right now um i'm the Um, richter in that situation (laughs) i hate parties a thousand percent yeah that's why we don't have a house and your boyfriend is from another dimension (laughs) that's fine Uh, yeah, no, I was just going to say, I, I like you, Ryan, I was off and then I got to catch up this week and it was like, it this was as heavy hitting as like the Ten of Swords, like opening issues, like everything is actually, I, and I was pretty skeptical about how this would work and what this would be. And it's just like every, all the art is beautiful. All the dialogue is great. Every single one of the issues has, has like bring something else. And then the fact that they were able to like kind of not play with the timeline, but give you like, what is this big reveal? And then keep kind of going through all the other issues, showing different sides of the same story. Like this is what, again, once again, they're proving what kind of like crossovers can or should be where it's like, everything is an integrated conversation rather than like, 
the Hellfire Gal is going to be six issues. Read these other spinoff titles to see how all the characters interact. And like, it's just such a wonderful storyline. It feels like it's, it's firing on all cylinders. And I, I really enjoyed it. So I want to talk a little bit about, uh, we got a lot more Sinister Secrets, which are some of my favorite parts of these X books. Um, and so some of them are pretty obvious, but some of them I think, I think we should discuss. So number 51, um, who is the Quiet Council member that's being referenced here, if y'all think? What was the question? Yeah, can, can you read them real quick? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So uh, number 51 is the Quiet Council member isn't actually fooling anyone. They're fooling everyone. Wear a mask long enough and eventually it starts wearing you. It's such a shame not being able to let things go. Mystique, Mystique and Destiny. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That, oh, great <laughs> guess. Um, yes. uh, so, you have okay, the answer, T, Kayla? <laughs> I do. I, 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 I'm like, no, that makes, a, that makes perfect sense. Secret, <laughs> uh, sensor secret number 52. She doesn't have it yet, but one, one way or another, this mutant always, always, always gets what she wants. Will it be given to her or will it be, uh, have to be taken? Doesn't matter. The real question is, what's in the box? Could it be diamonds or something far more valuable? Emma, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was asking the truth crystals or whatever the fuck those were called. Yeah. The logic, the, logic, the, logic diamonds. Logic yeah. diamonds. <laughs> the the uh, nameless Rick people from a nameless town. Like, and I, I love they're like, we're not going to come up with a name for them. They're, they're just a different society, whatever. They don't have a name. <laughs> Can someone who has their, their, um, screen open with this the, can you check the name of the whatever the fuck the device that they have or like the dust or whatever because someone uh, googled it and it, the only thing once again that comes up is porn just like um chat what's what's your name white chapel it's just a <laughs> porn well, name. stop typing in gay porn before you know white castle this wasn't me this was reddit who didn't tell me and then i googled it and that was funny it starts with a k but anyways um, keep All going. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next. So, so number fifty-three. I bet you'd like to know how the fittest of all mutants. Oh, uh, we know this. Of it's a kernel. Sorry, you yeah, have to wait done. to find out. It's his apocalypse. Yep. All right, fifty-four. Seducer made an honest man of the island's favorite boy, but what unspoken secrets are forcing through the nervous system of the favorite boy's island friend? Are you yeah. listening? I know that you are. It's Cypher and Krakoa. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, well, yeah. Uh, no, I disagree. I think it's Bay. And Cypher because well, uh, Cypher and Krakoa. Yeah, exactly. The Thrupple. Yeah. The Thrupple. Bay, Bay is the seducer. Yeah. So, number 55 uh, regarding secrets and secret alliances in the shadow play that is the great game of nations. Just how many ruling councils are there now circling the sun? I'll never tell, but if you say two, you're definitely too low. So, we know of Krakoa and Arako's ruling councils. Who yes. else is out there? Um, I, I think I, so Orcus is working on something. So there's a council there. Right. And then also yep. I was thinking, do you remember at the beginning of X-Men when no name, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for not going on this journey with me. Um, uh, Namor, uh, talks to them, uh, for, uh, Xavier and Magneto. And then he immediately goes over and talks to the Avengers that yeah. were on the, Illuminati. Yeah. So I think, I don't know if that's like a thing, but it literally was the members of Illuminati. Yeah. So I was just like, yeah. my mind was spinning. That's the great, great observation. And that was also a series written by Hickman. New Avengers was all about oh, the Illuminati. Fuck yeah. And you don't know he loves a callback. And uh, originally it was Professor X. And then when he was dead, it was Beast who took his place. So there will be no mutant. So it'll be all human plus Namor um, Illuminati. 
Right. They weren't they weren't uh, the Illuminati like aluminum. Like it wasn't a downgrade for Iron Man, right? No, they they ran an aluminum company. It was called yeah. Illuminati. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it was, was pretty successful for 20 years. Yeah. All right. So 56. And speaking of things that come in twos, two empty seats on the quiet council are too, too many. Look for there to be uh, moves made in the filling of those empty seats. Regardless of how many favors have to be called in, uh, in or how many unwise alliances are formed. Just remember, when everyone has a secret, no one can be trusted. I still am very curious about who's going to be filling Gene and Apocalypse's seats. But do y'all have any suggestions or speculation? I'm trying to think of any uh, important X-Men who aren't in a spot. that don't have something yet. Banshee? Beast? Banshee is one I'm thinking of. I was going to say, no, Beast won't. With way of X, would Legion come back and try to and get on the seat or something? No, 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 no one would want him on the seats. No, you don't Charles think Beast with his secrets and favor pulling? Yeah. No, think he could. No, because everyone thinks he's a cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other uh, one, who knows? I don't know. So, uh, fifty-seven for far too long they shared an existence. Now the one has become two. The first oh, yeah. is a shattered captain of a demanding queen, and the second a sinister sword under a sinister thumb. How long will the second stay there? How many more sinister demands? Will there be too many? No one knows, but I think we're getting close. It's Betsy and Quan on. Yeah. 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 Sounds uh, like a rock slide. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was hoping for uh, Karma and her brother, but no, it's, it's Betsy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is good. That's a good guess. Uh, number 58. It's still early in the day of the Viscoran excavation of Light World. But an unknown material of immeasurable worth has begun appearing in the crooked market. So far, Mad Jasper has snatched up every piece as soon as it's available for trade. But don't you worry, our Confederacy of Capes is set on acquiring some by hook or crook. What is this material? Just a s- uh, shiblonium. It's the new. Really Honestly, that one's a confusing thing. I don't know that porn yet. stuff I just talked about. It's a really good low calorie soda. I just love that the Vescora have always just existed on the outside of the universe. Like, they're just like, yeah, they're there doing something. Don't worry about them, maybe. And then, just, um, so we'll get back to that one at some point. Uh, number 59, promotions yeah. are hard to come by when everyone is a resurrected mortal, but sometimes a change has to be made when an unexpected, when an unexpected variable is added to the equation. Heroes and their do-gooder ways, always an inconvenience for a practical mutant. What is that unexpected variable? Fuck if uh, I know. Legion? Yeah. yeah I don't know. That could work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Legion and, and, and Onslaught, because we know Onslaught's going to be in Way of X. Right. True. Um, yeah. so, so we got a, uh, a Sinister Secret revealed, um, and they mentioned Inferno, which we'll talk about in a second here. So I'm glad that we're getting answers. And then the final one, Sinister Secret number 60. What sinister someone has been working hard studying the vile helix of, the, of a wild, a vile world? Psst, it's me. Shh. Not really a secret, but he, of course he's just talking uh, about himself. Yeah, yeah. that's sinister going to a gay bar and not like liking <laughs> it, you know. And he was like, "Oh, and yeah. no one's hitting on me, so I'll guess I'll write you another secret." That's exactly what yep. he did. No, but I do think it's probably him like analyzing the Araco of it all too. Mm. So uh, we got some uh, we got some more news um, uh, about Inferno. We talked about this a little bit last week, which is a four issue miniseries coming out in September that's dealing with Moira, Destiny, Mystique, Charles, and I'm assuming Magneto 
I assume it's going to come on the heels of the trial of Magneto. Um, it feels like, you know, obviously this is the um, beginning of the second act of what Hickman is trying to do. I know like we've had Dawn and now Rain, but uh, I think Dawn and Rain uh, like went on longer than he originally anticipated because of the people reacted to it so well. Like, I think we even talked about how Marauder was only supposed to be like a six issue miniseries, like Fallen Angels, but everybody just fucking loved it and it did really well in sales. Um, yeah. But what do you guys think, uh, specifically you, Ryan and Adam, since you weren't on last week about what's potentially coming up? Adam, do you have anything? I mean, go first. Um, yeah. I, I feel like I, you're the expert. You're, you're more of the expert. I just want to agree with prop comes into play a lot. <laughs> you, two, um, you two share one thought, right? Yeah. <laughs> the okay, thing dude, that I... I what? No, no, we're supposed to go back and forth. Anyway, no. Um, uh, I really don't know. I, I don't want it to be uh, the cliche, another hell on earth. I'm thinking it's maybe hell on an island or something like that. So Araco like goes up in flames or something like that. And then it literally becomes like, they're literally against each other. I, I really don't know where this crossover is going at all. And it's kind of cool because I've never really felt that with an X-Men crossover. You can usually smell it a mile away of what, how it's going to go, how it's going to start, how it's going to go and how it's going to end. I don't know what's going on with this one. And it's really nice. Uh, it, it, it's a good feeling to not know what the fuck is going on for a change in X-Men. Well, well, I was going to say, so this whole idea of them now having Mars, the planet, that's going to happen before all of this starts. And so yeah. I'm just thinking yeah, like Inferno, Red, like maybe they won't have that planet for very long kind of idea. Because I also... Like, there's already too many fucking people that have, like, moon locations. Like, there's the Inhumans, and then there's a bunch of fucking space stuff. Like, I mean, it's either... Oh, you know what? Actually, I'm reversing that. I think you're right, Ryan. The island is going to collapse, which is why they get fully into space. Because there's probably going to be some giant battle with Araco and Krakoa, and Madeline Pryor will come back. She'll summon some fucking assholes to, like, tear through the ground. I mean, she came up with shitload. I really like what they did with Havoc talking to both Magneto and, and Xavier... Uh, during the issues in this the gala so i just feel like that's gonna they're gonna be stuck on the planet because they're gonna destroy uh the island the the only thing i actually want is for all of this hellfire to be fucking going crazy literally hell on earth hell on mars who cares all of it and then magic goes hey i'm not involved in this this is not about me and her well, not sorcerer is supreme yeah. yeah, I'm not about this shit. I moved on. So, like, I would love for her to be like, uh-uh, no, I'll help <laughs> out, but no, that's not on me. Do you, oh, maybe does the secret, like, revive Madeline Pryor? Like, I'm like, there's all, they're just building all these little, like, he things. He still has that, on. like, weird black hole gun, <laughs> which is what I call my asshole. <laughs> no, that would be sorry, your Sorry, I'm sorry, You're, sorry. Alvin. That would be your dick, right? thank you thank you all right i'm sorry i asked um so uh we did uh, we uh adam you did mention it you know uh and it did was the reveal at the end of x-men number 21 was that mars was going to be you know the expansion and something that we had predicted we got some preview pages of giant or, excuse me planet size x-men number one which is coming out next week 
looks fucking great. It's um, it's uh, oh my god, who's the artist who's going to be drawing X Men and did lots of X? Why can't I think of his name? Um, uh, uh, Pedro not uh, Lazar. What's his Pepe Larraz, thank you. We, we, we got there together, Adam. Um, and so it looks fucking great. I can't wait to talk about it next week. So one last comic to talk about, uh, Children of the Atom number four by Vida Ayala and Paco Medina, who I think has now become the regular artist. And I, I actually prefer his art to Bernard Chang's. Beautiful, yeah. And so and even though it's not uh, an official Hellfire Gala issue, um, the children still try to use the gala to fully enter Krakoa with a little unconsented help from their friend Cole, who is sort of kind of a mutant, according to the previous issue. We get some backstory on Benjamin Thomas, a.k.a. Marvel Guy, and his stepbrother, JJ, a.k.a. Nighty Nightcrawler. Carmen is a lesbian, and I'm pretty sure Benjamin is asexual and or aromantic. Uh, the children get captured by some shock troopers, and Nighty Nightcrawler attempts to save his friends by conjuring the real X-Men, including Cyclops, Wolverine, Marvel Girl, Storm, Pixie, Nightcrawler, Magma, and Maggot. So, um... These aren't the actual X-Men he pulled up, right? They're like thought projections or like hard light projections or something, right? Probably. No. Yeah. All right. Uh, Brent. <laughs> You're all so excited to respond. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Brent, what do you think about this issue? Um, I, yeah, I thought it was an okay issue, but I am obsessed, obsessed with page 16 on the Comixology app. It is the extreme, you know, kind of the forum page for the, you know, you know, the, the website that mm -hmm. the, the children of the Adam go to for all their breaking news, because this reads exactly like an episode of Vicky and Kiana talking more. We fucking did it. We hit all the points. What are their names coming up? Oh, what's <laughs> happening on with these stories? It is to a team. Go I watch episode nine. I love the fact that you're celebrating these two women who have, I don't know, 25, 30, who knows, as if they're the same as these 14-year-olds that are on this forum. Well, they're as smart as them, so yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, those children are well more educated than that. Of, of well that. more uh, educated. 25 to 40 is a good guess on the age range. <laughs> Clark. My favorite character is Nighty Nightcrawler. Every time he's on screen, is it's so stupid, goofy that I enjoy it. It's like Iceman tries, and this kid's not trying to be like a dummy. Um, yeah, and I love um, X Men X Symbol. It's so stupid. I love it. Kalen, oh no, oh, go. Brent, Brent, you got a quick point. Yeah, go sorry. Ahead. One, one actual, real, legitimate, quick point. I do think I love the way Vita captures miscommunication in conversation because there are so many little interactions that you see where people aren't fully understanding each other or they're they're catching up to what other people don't know mm -hmm. and to keep all of that in your head and to still have the kind of interactions feel natural i think it's fantastic sorry caitlin yeah i i to actually build off that point um i do like this comic but mostly because i like it the way is the way Vita writes these characters. Yes. I almost wish that this was a sort of like a, a teen drama rather than linked to the X-Men or Kokoa or anything that's happening right now. Because as soon as that happens, my interest starts waning. When it's just about these kids in this school in New York and how they all interact with, with, you, with each other. And like, even though, you know, like I like that it's set in the Marvel Universe. Um, I, I dig it. I think it is good dialogue. It doesn't feel patronizing. 
It doesn't feel like they're basically like 25 to 30 year old talking, but look like, like teenagers. Um, so I, I completely, I really like that. But like, as soon as like X-Men stuff happens, because we haven't really got answers about this stuff, the mystery is still going. I'm like, I'm with Clark when he talks, we talked about this book last time. It's like, you got to give me something. Otherwise I'm just not going to care anymore. Next issue will explain it all. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. And then we can look back and say these first five issues were great. I I would agree that it's, it's a good series. I would have wanted this back in the day. So many times. I don't know if it's meant for a 30 something, 40 something plus like we are at this point, but I, I do think it's, it's well-written and I really enjoy the art a lot. I think it's, it really brings them to life. Uh, I, I'm just obsessed with the idea that Benny is asexual and uh, it, it was very quickly skimmed over, but I think a lot of people caught it and I, I, I need that to be a more prevalent thing in comics and just every medium where it's just accepted. So I applaud that. I I think they're going to go down that path, but I don't know, but I I like the potential for that coming up. Cause let's be honest. We all look for some gay shit back in the day. And I think any asexual reading, any like comics is just looking for some sort of representation that we you know, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Ryan. I was gonna say I really appreciate that because I was, I know, like earlier this week, I think the Root put out an article of like, here's the you know best queer comics you can and should be reading, and I mean, like, Children of the Atom is one of the best queer comics that people should be reading. Like, I mean, you have Carmen, you have potentially uh, this JJ or which, uh, sorry, whichever one the character mm-hmm. is, but like, this is Buddy. like making me so excited. Like, or this is becoming the book that I think a lot of queer people want or see the value in X factor in. And I'm like, Vita is killing it. And I want to see more of this. And I agree. I'm like, this whole, how do we get to fucking Krakoa is kind of killing me. But every single interaction is just, uh, just delightful. It's a really well-written book and the art, I think Kaylin, you're right. The artist changes is it was great before, but for some reason this really popped out of me. I loved the issue and I can't wait to see more of the art. Yep. Well, Brent, that's been the comic, so I'll turn it back over to you. All right. Uh, That's the end of our episode. So rate and review us if you like us. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We have fun stuff. So give us those follows, please. We've been Homer Superior. Happy Pride, everyone. Be gay. Do crime. Bye. Yay.